0: Well, Keith, it's a new year and a whole new series of media insults. So welcome back. And uh, on this, uh, our first episode for the new year, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about Nielsen decimating their senior management. Great timing. Or not. And as we predicted, Netflix is off to a poor start with ad support. That's not going to work very well. And I got to tell you, I got gobsmacked for the first time in a long time when I opened up my uh, news column the other day. We're going to talk about all of those things, and we hope everybody had a great holiday. I know that you're back with all your New Year's resolutions, and uh, back back on our regular schedule for another edition of Media Insulted. Our thoughts, ideas, opinionated comments, snarky comments, anything like that. And in Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver. And in sunny Southern California, Keith, say good morning, please. Good
1: good morning, Jackson. And it's not sunny California, Southern California. It's rainy as heck in California. We're suffering from the uh, atmospheric river, the Pineapple Express. It's just rain, rain, and more rain this week. So, um, yeah, no no working on the tan for this guy.
0: (laughs) And it'll be sunny again next week, so you're not breaking my heart. (laughs) So, without commercial interruption, unfortunately, (laughs) we welcome you to the Tuesday, January 6th episode of Media Insultant. You know, Keith, we wouldn't be serving our audience if we didn't talk about our New Year's resolutions. And most of those resolutions we will promptly ignore, right? I mean, I read the other day that uh, something like 97% of people who make New Year's resolutions abandon them within 30 days. Mm -hmm. So I guess the alternative is you shoot either really low, okay, I'm going to get out of bed, that's my New Year's resolution, (laughs) or you shoot really high. And know that you can't make it so you give up before you even get started. You know, you just resign yourself to failure right off the bat. Do you have any New Year's resolutions you want to share?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, play more golf. Drink more scotch. Drink less coffee. Yeah, I guess I... Uh, noble but
0: noble resolutions. Get, Kate, and, you? And,
1: and, you know, and get out of bed every day. No, the trick is these days, and I think this kind of hints to where we're going in, in part of the show today, is that I just want to make sure I live to next year. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do everything we can to stay alive, baby, stay in the <laughs> line.
0: Well, and and that's frankly kind of the way it is for our business right now. I mean, first quarter is a pain in the ass. That's all there is to it. We just all hang on, you know, waiting until Q2 and the sun comes up a little earlier and goes down a little later and, and media begins to kick back into gear, budgets for the year are beginning to... Beginning to be placed, and so we're here. We're going to struggle and make our way through the first quarter, but we're going to do it. All right, you know, Keith. The other day, I got to tell you, I'm. People say I was stunned. I was shocked. I mean, you know, people say that all the time on the internet. You read all the articles, and you know, that's a. Those are the great headline, the the clickbait. Oh, uh, you know, read this shocking story about Keith Samuels. So I don't get shocked very often, but I'm telling you, Monday. I was totally gobsmacked. And this is a little personal. So I went online Monday and discovered that Dory Monson, who's the midday host of Cairo FM for the last 20 plus years, had died, and had a heart attack. He was 61 years old. And I, you know, here's the thing that's interesting about radio. I didn't know Dory at all. I knew his management, but I never knew Dory. and never met him, had no interaction with him. But I felt like I'd really lost somebody I knew. And I, I'm just struck by how radio, if you listen to radio, you develop relationships with those people on the air that you're not even aware of. I never would have said anything, but I was certainly stunned when he died. Apparently, it was a, a heart attack, and, and it was unexpected. Well, at least it was to me. But it, I'd since heard that he had some health issues, he worked really hard. He had a he had a shift on the radio. He did the Seahawks pre and post game show on Cairo uh, AM on the sports station, and he coached girls basketball. He was a busy guy. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, and I think you know what a takeaway is what you were saying. You know, let, what are we living for? You know, there isn't <laughs> always a tomorrow, right? Well, right? And
1: Dory, which makes this story even I think sadder. If that could be, the, if you could make it even more sad. Is that he was still on the air? I mean, this was not, you know, he hadn't been off the air with an illness like Rush, you know, was struggling with cancer and, you know, it was off the air for, you know, for months and and finally was able to come back and say goodbye and then died, you know, shortly after that. But Dory's been working. Dory's on air. All of a sudden, your friend's gone. Your, your, your companion, your audio companion's gone. And particularly, you know, for, uh, you know, it's not like we're going to the office every morning, you know, we're working remotely. So you know the midday hosts are the ones you're probably listening to more than listening to morning or afternoon drive, and so uh, you know it's just really sad. Family uh, with daughters and and you know just a just a sad story. Everybody at Cairo and and, uh, and thousands of listeners in in Seattle are are, are really bummed out and and, and in mourning about this loss.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a big one. Uh, aside from the personal tragedy, the professional tragedy or the professional impact for. For uh, Cairo and for their their clients, so. But I think it comes back to the same thing we were talking about uh, earlier. You mentioned earlier. Let's just enjoy today for today, because who knows, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Okay, we're gonna we're getting maudlin, but we are we do have one more death notice on media insultant. Boy, it's. I'll tell you, it's it's not the time to be the CEO of a media company. You got Ed Christian, who dies of a heart attack. You yep. got unexpectedly Duke Wright, who died in his early 80s, but Duke is dead, and now uh, Walter Uloa, who was uh, head of uh, IntroVision, has died. Yep. You knew him a bit. Tell me, tell us about. Well,
1: it. Yes, well, Walter Uloa ran IntroVision, Actually, you know, started the company, ran it, grew it, because they're not a major market radio group. They're a little bit under the radar when it comes to Spanish language radio, uh, as opposed to Univision and SBS. But EntreVision uh, also has television and they're moving into digital or they've moved into digital in a a big way and particularly in uh, international markets. And Walter was very visionary in in doing that. And, And I got I met Walter back, I don't know, a dozen years ago when I was working at Mogri. We were doing mobile messaging for radio companies. And Walter was very accepting of our concept and using video messages and MMS. Uh, we, we worked with his executive team, his tech team. They were a great company to work with. He was kind of an inspirational leader. He, you know, he really supported his people. He let them make decisions, you know, kind of like a Jeff Smullyan in, in, in Spanish language. Uh, great energy, just a, a really truly loved guy. It was really smart financially, but also with pertinent people. Uh, this is a big loss for Entrevision. I mean, he's really their their spiritual leader, and I loved every time I got to meet him. And it was just a couple, a handful of times. But if Walter was in the room, he lit it up. It was just great to have his spirit around. It's that sad news in in Los Angeles, where where Entrevision is based. But it's also sad news for his company that he that he's built from the ground up. So uh, a big loss for Spanish language media
0: for sure. Well, if things happen in threes, which some people say they do. Maybe we're, maybe it's over. We had uh, Ed Christian, Duke Wright, and now Walter. And so, hopefully, hopefully that's the last death notice we're going to talk about for a while. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to change the subject here. Okay, good for you. <laughs> I I think everyone saw this coming, Keith. Uh, when Nielsen was recently acquired by several PE firms, mm-hmm. we knew there would be cuts and layoffs. And I don't think anyone I don't think anyone is surprised by what's happened there's just been a wholesale departure of most of the senior team i mean th- these guys with this pe company or this pe conglomeration make you remember a chainsaw al you know you <laughs> came into sunbeam and totally wrecked it yep. i mean they make him look like a, a good guy they um they were purchased by evergreen coast capital and brookfield business partners along with some echo their equity partners for 16 billion dollars now, I don't know what they saw in Nielsen other than the fact that Nielsen has been enormously profitable for a long period of time, right? Mm-hmm. But we all know that there are all kinds of headwinds that Nielsen is is running into. Uh, and, and most relevant for our friends in radio was the fact that Brad Kelly, who'd been head of audio since 2016, I think, yep, uh, yep. and he joined the company in 1998, was RIFT. And I mean, they they did they just went through and cleaned out department heads like crazy And the C suite. I mean, look at this: they let go of the uh, CFO, the chief data officer, the chief product officer, and the HR the C the chief executive in charge of HR. Everybody's gone. I I, I mean, I, I know they're saving some money because those are probably pretty high dollar people. Most a lot of people at Nielsen had spent a lot of years there, but my gosh. Keith, what are they thinking about? They're, well,
1: they—they're—they're they, it, they're, they're just reorganizing, Jackson. They aren't cutting back; they're reorganizing, you know. And we're going right, you know. Uh, with, yeah, what they're doing is they're offing senior executives with uh, with big paychecks because that's the easiest and quickest way to cut expenses. And this happened back in mid December, early December, actually. So this is kind of this has been old news, but this is big news. And and the repercussions of losing Brad Kelly now brad was kind of the last of the great arbitron execs sales execs that were that were roaming the earth back in the uh, 80s and the 90s and the aughts uh before they got sold to nielsen and there were there were some great legendary uh, uh regional managers you know my buddy john nolan in chicago and uh, uh tony belzer in la and and uh you know the guys in, in dallas and, and atlanta I mean, these guys were and Mark Kelly, of course, and they were just they were just so much part of the radio business because you needed the ratings and you needed to negotiate your deal with Arbitron. And, you, you, you know, you had this kind of love, hate relationship with these guys, but they did a great job as champions of radio. Now there's nobody left in Nielsen that's a champion for radio. And, all the, and a lot of radio people are freaking out because they're going, wait a minute, where are the, are the people that are going to watch out for us? So it's it's not going to it's going to do a lot of damage to the to the Nielsen and radio relationship while Nielsen is shifting to their what is it their uh, all Nielsen in one, one package. Yeah, yeah Nielsen yeah, One Nielsen where they're going to measure <clears throat> digital, video, audio. It's going to be all in one. They think that's where the world is going, but in the meantime, it's another strike against radio that has everybody pretty well worried? Like, are they just? Do they not care about us anymore? And I think, in my mind, clearly Nielsen could give a rat's ass about radio anymore. And 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 Brad will land somewhere and do do continue to do great work, um, but for now, you know, uh, I don't see it.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm not sure that Nielsen doesn't care about radio. Radio is a, a billion dollars of their revenue. I think they do about four billion a year, and uh, one one of it. So twenty five percent is. Is on radio, so I'm not sure they're ready to disregard that at this point.
1: Well, we'll see. Beyond, I think, but uh, I think they you know, again are moving way beyond it. And when you when you off a guy like Brad, you, you yeah. reorg, it doesn't look good. And and, and, and that's what we're, they're worried about. And, you know, there's a lot of radio guys and gals that are worried about their relationship with Nielsen and who's going to who's going to be their champion. In fact, who are they going to who are they going to talk to?
0: Yeah, you know, they well, don't even know who they're
1: talking to anymore.
0: And there's that. There's that. All right. As you said, time will tell. We'll see. And as uh, time has rolled on, uh, we get another chance for you to say, I told you so, which you love to do, don't you, Keith? You love saying, love I told you so. I love so. it.
1: Nothing makes me happier, Jackson.
0: Well, Netflix rolled out, as everybody knows, a new ad supported tier last quarter. And, well, what happened, Keith? And what did you think was going to happen?
1: Well, what we predicted, what we announced and predicted was when Microsoft was chosen to be the ad sales arm, the ad sales rep firm for the Netflix ad supported tier, you know, the cheaper tier that they were going to, the cheaper service they were going to offer. You know, we predicted, and I think I went out on the limb and said, there's no way they're going to get the numbers that they are projecting to get in terms of subscribers, hence audience. And then even when you have subscribers, they're not always watching. You know, it's, it's not as if everybody lives on Netflix full time. They're flipping around. And in fact, what happened in, in November and December was that, get what? guess what? Netflix under-delivered viewership to all those advertisers who couldn't wait to buy ad time on Netflix. Ooh, we're going to get massive audiences. We're going to get data. We're going to get unbelievable data. Well, guess what they didn't not only did they not get viewers, they didn't get the data they probably wanted because the, the press, the trade press said that they do, underdelivered only to about 80 percent of what they promised advertisers before Christmas they would get in terms of audience delivery. And so all these campaigns that these guys booked for November and December leading up to Christmas, guess what they canceled the schedules because they couldn't run enough spots before Christmas to honor the the audience guarantees that they gave their advertisers. So they were issuing refunds all over the place to major advertisers going, "We can't run enough commercials to even get close to what you pro- we promised you, so we're just going to give you your money back." Now, some of those advertisers said, "No, keep it. We'll run it into two, 2023." But here's the thing, and we talked about this, you know, months ago, was that selling television and guaranteeing delivery is a little different than selling digital advertising and guaranteeing delivery because you don't have, you can't keep running commercials over and over and over again and continue to try to get an audience when the audience isn't there. They can't (laughs) optimize the buy. Right. And so, you know what it's so it's crazy making, but here's Microsoft out there selling a $65 CPM. Okay. I talked to my uh, big shot digital, Uh, agency neighbor and he's going at $65 CPM we passed and by the way I thought their audience projections were complete bullshit so now the audience projections were bullshit and the CPMs were out of this world astronomical and guess what they couldn't deliver they haven't delivered and so now now they start off this year you know in a pretty tough situation at Microsoft trying to sell this shit because it's not it's not there's there's no there there yet So we'll
0: see. And you know, I I had two takeaways on this. One is that you know they're trying something new. They didn't know, you know, they were this is they're they're not familiar with the ad development. They're not familiar with audience development. You know, and Netflix just it's a new skill set. So I'll give them some grace on that. And then you know the other thing is is that along with all the other newly uh, announced ad supported tiers that everybody's got, the amount of inventory in our business is just soaring. Now, theoretically, that should bring the CPM down. Sixty-five dollars CPM? Seriously? That's but we're just... Netflix. Well, and <clears throat> we've got data. <laughs> and I'm and I'm sure that was part of the spiel. And and somebody bought it. Whether they bought it at sixty-five dollars, I don't know. But I think uh, it'd be interesting to see how local managers handle it if uh, the inventory for Netflix starts showing up in media planners and OTT packages that kind of thing. So,
1: yeah, and it might, but but you know what, to back to your point, Jackson. This is Netflix and this is Microsoft. They're the two smartest players in the universe right now, right? I mean, these guys are these guys are really smart. They knew exactly what they're getting into. Okay? I but I, you know, I don't think I think they were too proud, had too much hubris to really wait until they really developed enough of a subscriber base to their ad supported tier that they could go make this play. They wanted to sell time right away. They wanted to launch it and add ads on it right away. And you know what? They got it handed to them. So, you know, there's, they were smart enough to know what was going on and they, they, and they probably had a lot of potential partners tell them, uh, guys, you're not going to be able to get $65 CPM and you're not going to be able to deliver that kind of audience that you're promising to people. You're, are you out of your mind? No, we're not going to rep you. We're not going to sell for you. So I, I think, you know, I think Microsoft said, yeah, we'll do it. We can get it done. Come on. We're at Microsoft. Well, they didn't get it done and they're not getting it done. And I think you're right. The competition is a big part of it too, because Disney plus now has an ad supported tier another competitor to the Netflix ad-supported tier. But here's the thing. The people selling Disney Plus ads are Disney ad sales. And Disney has lots of other assets, like ABC, like ESPN. And what am I leaving out? Uh, well, National Hulu. Spot, uh, Hulu, exactly, Hulu ads. So you have a, 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 an established sales force that's used to and has been selling multiple platforms at probably reasonable CPMs. And I think the arrogance of Microsoft and the absolute arrogance of Netflix thought they could pull it off and get competitive right away, and they haven't. And so, you know, it's going to take a while for them to, to be able to compete successfully.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and we'll we'll keep an eye on it. It's, it's going to be interesting because that's a big switch for Netflix and a big switch in the space. And it comes back to the same thing we've been talking about for some time. You know, it's a lot, it was a lot easier for a long time to raise money than it was to make money. These companies all got to make money. And, you know, I, I was um, I heard a conversation the other day with a venture capitalist, and basically he said one thing. If you don't have all of your money to get to profitability in the bank today, you're not going to raise another round. And so, you know, Netflix is the same as everybody else. They go to the same well as, you know, the guy who's got a startup. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't have enough cash... And aren't making money, you're not going to survive. All right. Well, we have done it again. We have we have somehow come out of the holidays with snarky comments and 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 media comments that uh, nobody else does. We do this every week and really really enjoy it. Hope you join us. We do it each uh, Tuesday and Friday, at least for the time being. And we call it media insultant. And it's a production of In-Town Media. We do interim contract management for radio stations. And we produce this program just for the hell of it. <laughs> so <laughs> the uh, audio version of the podcast is available on any podcasting platform, wherever you get your podcast. Video is in the Media Insultant Showcase on Vimeo. We do them each yep. Tuesday and Thursday. Keith, Till we do this again, go have yourself a great week. And uh, Happy New Year, buddy. Thank you, Jackson. We'll see you next week there. Take care, buddy.